0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Rink Rap Report podcast. Today is Friday, February 1st. The Leafs are finally back in action today and tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Today and tomorrow being Friday and Saturday, February 1 and 2 against the Detroit Red Wings and the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Yep, got that right. And then on Monday against the Ducks too. So I'm going to teeing up those games we're gonna go through some news and notes throughout the nhl because a, a good amount has happened um and in terms of speculation and even the big jake muzzin trade ooh, gonna talk about that a little bit i wrote about that on um on the po- on the website real blog on the prospects that the leafs gave up as well as jake muzzin himself and made a Pretty nice highlight video that's not doing too bad on YouTube, over four thousand views. How do you do? Um But also gonna get into there were some also other minor moves. Um one that was kind of ridiculous. Um gonna get into a new segment tis called Tis the Season. Um just going around, just giving my takes on what happens at this what to expect at this point of the year exactly. So, first off, I'm going to get into some Line A nonsense. So, Patrick Laine, if you haven't heard, has not been very good. I'm going to say this season. Because there was one stretch, one month, where he put in 18 goals and one assist. Um, which month, I actually can't remember. But anyways, 18 goals, one assist, one month. And then ever since then, though, he's, and even before that, he hasn't been very good. I mean, total is 25 goals. So that's seven goals, eight assists in, I can't remember how many games. I wish I did, but he's not doing very well. And last game, I guess it hit a tipping point. And I I think he played, what, 10 minutes? Played 10.55 last game. The game before 9.47, and he went dash three. Nice job. That looks good on no one's stat sheet. So six shots on goal though too so the shots are coming but I mean he's shooting at 14.5% right now previous was 18.3 and 17.6 in the past two seasons Um, and I guess it's not dropping for him so last game 10.55 I wouldn't read into it too, too much I mean you gotta play Paul Maurice does have to play the players that are gonna put the puck in the net But maybe line at the end of the season has to look at his game and readjust it a little bit. Uh, Maybe find those scoring areas in different sort of spots. You know, he scores a lot from the outside, so maybe move in a little bit. But that's something for the offseason, obviously. But I think he'll find his groove once again. I mean, we've seen this with this kid before. He's got a terrific shot. A lot of confidence in him, too. So I'm, I'm not too, too worried. Uh, Nick Kiprios did come out and say, oh, I don't, I don't see him uh, being a Winnipeg Jet for very long. Really, Kipper. You also said you didn't see William Nylander returning to the lease, And how'd that work out for you? You also said that Mitch Marner should be traded last year. How'd that work out for you? So what I take from that blog, I think it was from Nick Kiprios, is that Patrick Line is going to be a Jet until the end of time. He's going to be 90 years old, and he's going to be playing for the Jets, just because Nick Kiprios came out and said that, that the opposite now has to happen. The universe, it's it's already in motion, you know, and he's going to score 50 million goals now, but anyways, I think Line A was actually my, um, line A was actually my preseason prediction of when the the Norse. he was last year I know that and I came close and I looked pretty smart for doing that but now I look like it just a, a gosh darn idiot because this kid can't find the back of the net this big lug and this maybe he should grow out that stupid beard once again maybe that's what he's missing but anyways so line a most likely looking at a short-term deal because of what's kind of happened this season I mean so short-term deal at the end of the year I think he'll step it up once again, and we've seen this from him, it's been a rocky season, but he's a solid player, and I don't foresee him leaving Winnipeg, that'd be kind of strange, um, moving on, uh, some more speculation is, uh, Panarin Destinations, the Panarin-Buzbrowski kind of stuff, uh, and that whole stink that's going around in Columbus right now. Because that's one of the most difficult GM positions to be in right now. Yarmo Kukalainen, and what he has to deal with. Panarin's on an expiring deal. Bobrovsky's on an expiring deal. Neither of them really want to negotiate a contract until the end of the year. And your team's in a playoff spot. They're doing decently this year. So what the hell does the team do? They're Well, last playoff spot. So what the hell does the team do at this point? It's it's a really difficult situation that he's been put in from these his two-star players. I mean, I don't think there's a huge market for Bobrovsky from being totally honest, unless it's a team that knows for sure that they're going to sign him. Because all the teams that are in the playoffs, and someone pointed this out to me, and like obviously there's a market for a good goalie, but I mean... When you look at all the playoff teams, pretty much all their starters are set. I mean, look, at the Islanders, somehow their goalies have been the best in the league. Why mess with that right now, right? I mean, on any other given year, you obviously want Bobrovsky over Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice. But those guys have been awesome this year. Why would you mess with a good thing? So moving on, Pittsburgh. They got Matt Murray there, Casey DeSmith. I think Matt Murray's been... Matt Murray found his game once again. Uh, I don't know how he did last night. I think the Penguins won last night. But regardless, going into the all-star break, Matt Murray was back on his game once again, I do believe. Somewhat, kind of. I don't know. He's okay. They're going to be sticking with him. They're not going to go with Bobrovsky over, uh, over Murray, especially with the price tag that... Bobrovsky would come at. Tampa Bay, obviously, Andre Vasilevsky, Leafs, Frederick Anderson, Boston, Tukarask and Jaroslav Halak. And then moving even into the West, I mean, Hellebach, Rene, Dubnik, um, David Rittich, I mean, I don't think I would really leverage, I don't think I would really mortgage, in, especially Calgary, in what and them not having a first round pick last year, I don't even think they had a second round pick last year. And I, I mean, leveraging their assets in order to improve in goaltending because David Riddich has been all right this year. I mean, and again, the the cloud hanging over Bobrovsky, he's he's never won in the in the playoffs. He wasn't. He was okay last year, but in the playoffs, come. I mean, he hasn't won a series yet. How can you count that as experience moving into the playoffs? really kind of strange san jose martin jones stinks but they have him for under contract for another couple of years and wouldn't really make sense to uh give up uh, even picks they don't even have their first round picks for this year i don't believe so it doesn't really make sense for san jose to do it vegas has the flower obviously dallas has ben bishop colorado has Semyon varlamov Vancouver, I wouldn't, they said they're not going to be giving up picks. Anaheim has John Gibson. And I mean, I'm going through all the list. The teams that need goalies are in the basement. They're going to be looking to sign him in the offseason. Why would they trade for him now? Unless it's for what, like a fifth round pick? But you're not going to get that for Bobrovsky. So it'd be really kind of interesting to see who's interested because, I mean, I just listed off all the playoff teams and it doesn't really make sense for any of those guys to, to do it. I mean, teams that would be interested, obviously, like maybe Philadelphia for three years or so, give Carter Hart some starts. Eh, even then, you know, it would kind of screw up the cap situation. I don't think they would want to do that. But So maybe, maybe, maybe Philadelphia, New Jersey for sure. Uh, Detroit, depending on what happens with Howard, who Howard, there's another guy. Where's the market for these goalies right now? Ottawa needs a new team. I don't know, just blow it up. Pretend it never happened and start again. I'm talking about the arena, the team, the owner, the staff, everyone. Just blow it, up. blow the whole thing up. Um, other teams that need goalies: Edmonton needs uh, again; they need a new team other than Connor McDavid. So Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle together, holding hands, should blow up the team. Uh, Chicago because Corey Schneider. I don't know what happened to him. Something he's gone. He's off the face of the map. Goodbye, St. Louis. Yeah maybe test the waters a little more with Bennington because he's a much cheaper option but yeah I'll throw St. Louis in there yeah Carolina too obviously but I mean all those teams that I just listed none of them are in playoff contention why would they give up assets for Bobrovsky so now moving on for a player that actually does have a market and that being Artemi Panarin you want to kind of be careful a lot of teams can be careful when they're approaching Artemi Panarin to not um give up you know, I don't even know if this is a saying, but give up everything and the kitchen sink for him probably not anyways um but when you're looking at a market for him he has said that he has said that he wants to be near an ocean he, um, in terms of he wants to be in a warm spot. I mean why do you think Kovalchuk chose LA? So the teams that I, I identified that maybe they could be a good fit I said Nashville, however Nashville, after their trade last year to get Kyle Turris, I wouldn't really give up any more assets. I mean, they don't really have much in terms of the developmental system. They have Ely Tolvian old Tolvenin and Dante Fabro. And you better believe if they're trying to go after Panarin, that they're going to need to give up one of one of those two. I mean, other other than that, they got uh, Patrick Harper, who's okay. David Ference is okay, but these aren't really notable guys that that uh, Columbus is going to be chasing after. So, one option that I did think of, though, that teams that maybe Nashville could give up, uh, someone like a, a young roster player, because that's what I think Nashville is going to be looking for when they're giving when they're trading Our Artemi, uh, Artemi Panarin, is an actual roster player that can come in and help them in the playoffs still. That's young, That's on a good contract. Maybe has to be re-signed in the offseason. Doesn't matter. But I think they're going to be looking for a good young roster player that can contribute now. And that being maybe Kevin Fiala gets thrown in there. Kevin Fiala. You throw in Kevin Fiala. I mean you are really leveraging your future when you do so. But if you want to make your cup chance and improve your cup chances that much more. Sure. But... So Nashville was one team that I identified. Um, Colorado could be a buyer at the deadline. I said them. I don't really see it happening. Um, I see them going towards maybe more New York. And I mean, Colorado's in a good position. They got a solid team. They're, they're in a playoff spot right now, barely. But they are in a playoff spot right now. Um, they do have two first-round picks moving into the next year so maybe they're looking to move their first round pick not ottawa's oh god no not ottawa's which that's just another case for just blow up the team just someone at, at night blow the entire thing up somehow and make sure they never existed but anyways so maybe colorado goes after panarin i don't really see it happening though i see them targeting more from what i've heard i mean this is just online nonsense speculation but from what I've heard is targeting some of the Rangers assets that they have because they have a ton. Chris Kreider, uh he's up at the end of next year. And I mean the Rangers are looking to get younger. So Chris Kreider's are gonna be available, I believe. Matt Zuccarello, Kevin Hayes, you better believe is available because I don't see them re-signing him in the offseason. Um maybe there's one or two in there. Uh, but those are the top three that come off the off the top of my head. But Anyway, so the market for Panarin, yeah, I think it's going to be more so what Columbus is going to be asking for is more young talent that's going to be able to contribute now. So maybe Nashville. I think Tampa Bay, you can never count them out because they just have a bunch of magicians behind the the scene pulling strings and hypnotizing people to make these deals because they're just absolutely ridiculous. And, I mean, we also have that Instagram picture in the summer. Partnering there training with, uh, with Kucherov and Vasilevsky. So, I hope it doesn't happen. Screw Tampa. But, you never know. Maybe them, too. So, anyways, moving on from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who, one thing when looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets, Pierre-Luc Dubois... For a guy that people said was a bust a year after his draft year, he's doing not too bad. I mean, right now, I believe it's 45 points in 49 games. Is that what I saw? 45 points in 50 games. Yeah. How do you do Pierre-Luc Dubois? I believe that's the most amount of points by anyone in the 2016 draft this season. Yeah, I can say that. Because Austin Matthews hasn't played as many games. Oh, Matthew Kachuk is ahead of him other than that i don't think it's anyone else probably not but not bad so shout out Pierre luke dubois just ripping up the national league how do you do so now officially moving on um minor league deal ryan murphy for michael Ka- kapla i wrote this one down because that's just the fall of ryan murphy i mean this is kind of the end of him he's been mostly in the ahl this year uh And for a guy that put up such huge numbers in the OHL, it's kind of disappointing to see that he was never able to pan out like a lot of people hoped. So, uh, more NHL news. Jamie Alexiak was traded back to Dallas. And here's the kicker with that one. He was traded for the exact same pick that he was traded for last year. They just gave it back. It was as if it was a return. Like, Pittsburgh came back to the store, said, listen, it's just not for me. I really don't like it. I have my receipt, though. Can I get a refund? And Dallas said, sure. We'll take your this big unit back. Um, but also with Jamie Alexiak, I mean, he's also not the most useful player. He did drop down the depth chart in Pittsburgh, I do believe. Um... Last year, he was playing 17-24 with the team a game. This year, dropped down to 15-52. Uh, his first game in Dallas, he got 13-03. Nice. So, I mean, a sixth defenseman on the team. He doesn't even block shots that much. Maybe I mean, he throws the body around a good amount, but... Yeah, nothing. Not worth a first-round pick that he was taking. 14th overall. Jeez. Anyways so yeah I just thought that was hilarious I mean that was like that's that'd be like trading your bike for concert tickets and then before the day of the concert just trading them back like nothing ever happened they got the usage out of him and then they got the pick back nice that's a nice return policy that Dallas has got there and speaking of Dallas uh Connor Carrick has been doing uh ball there uh 13 games played four points and I don't even think he's been injured 13 a game Nice, so yeah, hate to see it happen to the kid, but yeah, it doesn't look like the the National League is really gonna work out for him now, is it? So, anyways, some more trade news. So the Jake Muzzin one. This was the big, big, big one that I want to talk about a little bit more in detail. So Jake Muzzin traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, the team that he says he cheered, he grew up cheering for. So we gotta look out for the Pajama Pick. Of him in um, with his uh, Toronto Maple Leafs sheets, but so Jake Muzzin sent to Toronto and back to LA goes Carl Grundstrom Sean Derzy, and a 2019 first round pick, uh, which is obviously going to be in the lower end. I mean, the Leafs are a wagon, so 31 31st overall pick. We're just going to call we'll be conservative 31st overall pick. Um, so Back going the other way, Carl Grunstrom, As a lot of people have already noted, he's projects to be around second or third line player. He's been doing okay this year, and he helped. He did a good job helping the Marlies last year in winning that Calder Cup. Uh, he's a pretty good goal scorer, and he's shown that in, in pretty much any league he's played in. Decently skilled, but it re- does a really good job playing with contact. He started off hot in Ontario with the Ontario Reign in ontario with the interior rain i sound so smart sometimes but so i think i want to i want to get this right is is it three points in his first two games no i don't think he's played a game yet i I misread that somewhere but anyways so he was pretty good with the playoffs last year does well with contact so his game is very translatable to the next level uh, just not the most skilled guy. Maybe not the most fast guy either, which is why he, I don't think he's going to turn out to be that top line kind of guy. But uh, depth, maybe second line, he could chip in. Uh, I thought maybe he could crack the lineup this year. Uh, I was kind of vouching for him more. I was kind of vouching for him for that, like maybe a bottom uh, spot. That he could, we could test him out and test the waters to see how he does there. But Trevor Moore has been, done a great job, and Trevor Moore did kind of outplay him with the Marlies as well. So glad to see Trevor Moore there. Obviously, um, the other prospect being given up, Sean Dersey. This is kind of a boomer or bust kind of guy. Uh, 52nd overall last year. Uh, played with. He has split this season with the Attack and the guelph Storm. He's a really good puck moving defenseman. He's a really good skater. Maybe not the biggest guy and he has dealt with some injuries in the past two years but he could turn out to be something pretty good but I mean when you look at it right now and the kicker that a lot of people are kind of waving him off at is that he's an overager playing in the OHL right now how can you consider him such a good D prospect I mean not many overagers turn out to be anything that special And if you look at the Leafs' defense next year, I I think he would have ended up with the Growlers for a good amount of time. But exceptional offensive skill. Very good skater. So this is kind of, I I labeled this more of his boomer bust pick. 31 points this year in 27 games. And 49 and 40 last year. Keep the change. Anyways, and then that first round pick, 31st overall pick. So who cares about that one? But, so I mean, the Leafs' depth isn't terrific but with that being said i mean that's gonna happen when your team is just so strong up front um but now jeep muzzin i want to get into this a little bit uh i posted those highlights of him i got i've watched him play a little bit i mean he's an absolute unit on the back end pretty good shot and moves the puck fairly well he's not the best skater from what i noticed but is pretty smart in his in the way he picks when he jumps up into the rush which is fairly impressive. And he, he is a pretty good passer as well. Um, I did hear some whispers that, like, LA fans, some LA fans didn't like how he turned over the puck that much. Uh, he turned over the puck too much. And, I mean, honestly, this season, yeah, he's got a decent amount of giveaways, but that's going to happen when you're a puck-moving defenseman. 21-30 a night as well, 78 shots, 50 games. I mean, he's even... an when you look at this one too, his even strength production is better than Dowdy's this season. 19 points in 50 games. Dowdy, I think, has 12. We got a pretty good defenseman here. I don't know who's going to play on that right side. It better not, on that top line, it better not be Hanzy moving forward. But it's going to be, I th- right now it's labeled to be uh, Morgan Riley. And that's going to be a challenge for him. I mean, it's a completely different... Almost a different position when you're moving a, a left-handed defenseman to the right side. I mean, just the way that they receive the puck, um, how they're moving the puck when it's along the boards, how they're receiving passes in the back end when they're going, when it's D to D, when you're going D to D and then up the ice. As Carlo, I'm taking some points from what Carlo Kolejakov said. A Carlo, uh said this morning, I think it was. So, but I, I think Morgan Riley's a pretty good. He's decently skilled. I mean, not the uh, most exceptional hands, but he's decently skilled and he's a pretty good skater. So I I think he could adjust this very nicely. I do remember that the Leafs tried to put him on the right-hand side. I think it was two years ago. And that maybe lasted uh, three shifts. Didn't last the period, I remember. But, I mean, if this team's going to want to move deeper into the playoffs, they got to give the minutes to their good defense. And the good defense being Muzzin, Gardner, uh, Riley and Thurman just cut out Hainsey and Hainsey Ozhiganov. even Duck has been horrible the past couple games Hainsey Ozhiganov and Zaitsev the big donkey we have five more years imagine that damn it but anyways I think it was a pretty good deal for the Leafs they address a Big need that they had in the back end there, and they get a pretty good defenseman, and they didn't have to give up uh, one of their first round picks from the past two years, and that being Lilgren. They didn't have to give up Sandin, and Jeremy Brack has been pretty good this year, showing a lot of skill. Posted a highlight video of him too, if you want to check that out on the YouTube channel or even on the website as well. So, Jake was in pretty good move for the Leafs. The, the LA Kings improved their farm system they get a first round pick they they acquire the assets that they need in order to move forward with this rebuild so anyways that's all from the trade segments the trades that we had this uh this week um gonna do a little complaints corner right now Uh, and that first being why do so many people point out that it's cold out like I, i i'm i'm not in my house 24 7 i know that it's cold even, I don't even need you to tell me that it's cold. I can see that if it's cold outside, if there's snow on the ground, obviously it's it's cold outside. I don't, I don't need you, Margaret from accounting to tell me, oh, it's really cold outside. Oh, really, Margaret? You think I floated here? You think I took my monorail here that went directly from my bedroom to the, the office? Like, relax. Why does everyone need to point out that it's cold? I get it that it's cold. I mean... I have skin. I'm a human. I'm not. I'm not 300 pounds and hairy as hell. I'm not a polar bear. I Everyone knows that it's cold outside. You don't need to point it out, which I'm probably still going to point it out because my conversational skills outside of sports is lacking. So, anyways, other thing, other complaints corner sub- subject that I wanted to talk about: fake burn the jersey videos. These need to stop. And they need to stop immediately. I don't know who started. I, like, burn the jersey. I don't care. I love people like idiots um, burning their jerseys, whether it's the Kaepernick, Tavares, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, all of them love seeing jerseys burnt. Uh, and then there's always all those people, obviously. Oh, well, donate the jersey wallet. You paid with it for it. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. But the fake burn the jersey videos just need to stop. Grow a pair and just burn the damn jersey. We don't need to see you fake burn a jersey for a player that... I mean, the most ridiculous fake burn the jersey on a player that got traded. Why would, why would you burn that? Why would you even suggest burning that? Damn it. Grow a pair and burn the jerseys for heaven's sake. Gracious to that picks me pisses me off. Pisses me off. <laughs> Um and then last season before I tee up the last segment before I tee up the Leafs, uh, tis the season. So tis the season right now for cheating on your New Year's resolution. It's a Super Bowl. A lot of people have been good. You're you're like maybe you got through uh um, the collapse week as a lot of people call it, the third week of January where everyone just like everything just I mean your, your will to live pretty much just collapses. But maybe you got through that. You're still eating clean. You know if you're going to the su- a Super Bowl party. If you ha- have a social life pretty much. Um, that you're going to end up eating some just mucking food. It's going to be it. The snacks are going to be everywhere. The chicken wings are going to be everywhere. Uh, the Nine cheese dip is going to be everywhere. Which I literally physically cannot eat. So I'm good on that front. Uh, All this garbage food is going to be everywhere. And this is just going to be the start of the end of your diet. Because then you're going to go to bed late that night. You're not going to get up for the gym the next day. You're going to be tired when you get home. You're not going to work out then. Maybe you go twice the next week. But just from then on, it's just maybe till the summer. And then when you realize summer's almost here in the spring, in the early spring, when it's warm, it's maybe not warm enough for the tank top, but it's warm, and you're like, damn, I still got this barrel on me, and then you head back to the gym, uh, but yeah, from about February till, say, March, February, February, the month of February is, uh, a, a big, uh, pigging out month, or, a a jaggin' out month, as some people would call it, um, the season right now also dumb trade rumors so rumor breaks probably i don't follow them i don't give a damn what they tweet but there's a lot of dumb trade rumors that are gonna go around at this time right now oh it's in the works we'll see maybe in deadline uh i malkin and a uh, second to the oilers for mcdavid like we like i don't understand why do people follow these accounts like Rumor break. Like, just follow the experts. If they don't have a blue check beside their name, you're a pigeon, and you probably have no sources. Like when I tweet out stuff, is oh, I'm hearing from someone. Yeah, it's a distant connection. Maybe I connect on it. I don't think anyone follows me for my my uh, my insider stuff. Like Athanasio to Russia, that was a botched one. Skinner to New York, that was another botched one. But. Yeah, if they don't have a blue check mark, they don't know. Like, just go away, go away, ridiculous. Uh, other things, oh, men's league. This is a big one. The equipment is freezing cold. No matter, I, I mean, the ice is just too cold now. And I no, I sound soft and old. Oh, back in my day, I used to play outside minus thirty. I, I don't care. My skates finally feel comfortable and warm. I played Monday, played an hour, got off the ice, my feet were freezing, I had to go play a period for another team, and when I got off the ice, I finally felt comfortable, it was ridiculous, and I know I, part of the complaints corner was complaining about people that, compl- uh, that talk about it's too cold, well, it, 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 just is too damn cold, but, so I'm gonna, I'm just complaining about myself now, damn it, damn it, Joe, damn it, um, yeah, it's just... This is ridiculous. Especially on days where the your bag has to sit in the car. Because you're leaving right from work to hockey. Those are... That is just absolute torture. To put that stuff on. Damn, you want to get terrorists to talk? Just make them put on cold hockey equipment. Damn, they'll give you everything. Anyways, that's the end of Tis the Season. Um, next up, so Leafs play Detroit... Uh, I don't, Detroit's obviously been on a break. The Leafs have been on a break, but yeah, Detroit's not enjoying this year too much. They haven't been enjoying the past couple of years very much at all. They're at the bottom of the barrel, uh, second last in the league. They're two points above Ottawa right now, so they're looking at a pretty good draft pick. I think I, I liked their draft the year before, so just they just need to continue you know with all this garbage play that they have and they'll be back on top hopefully but things haven't been I mean this season has obviously hasn't been too kind to the Red Wings Jimmy Howard's having a pretty decent year um Dylan Larkin almost forgot his name there for a second uh Dylan Larkin's having a pretty good year as well but I mean, outside of that, there's not too much to talk about in terms of the Red Wings. Uh, I believe Anthony Manth is still injured. Uh, even if he's not, he wasn't having a stupendous season anyways. Uh, Goose Nyquist, I could see him. He's having a pretty good season, but I can see him getting traded. He's on an expiring deal. Uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So we'll see him move Soon, Thomas Vanek hasn't been as good as expected. Mantha, as I said, is, I believe, injured. Mike Green, I think, came back. He's been pretty good this year. But, I mean, bottom line, this is a very, very beatable team. And it's kind of nice to play a team like this coming off of the break because maybe you don't have your best game, but I think just with the skill alone, and if the Leafs draw enough penalties and capitalize, like we saw at the beginning of the year, on the special teams... Then I think they could win this one. I mean, I can't remember who was against. But we've seen this team play well below their full potential and beat weaker teams. I think it was Montreal the first game of the year. But anyways, I think it's just a it's a great team to play coming off of the breaks Cause even if they come out slow, even if they don't play their to their full potential, as I said, they're still a great chance that they win this game and then hopefully they wake up they get their feet moving and then they go into pittsburgh it's in pittsburgh no it's in toronto hopefully pittsburgh comes here and we're able to dummy them pittsburgh has been playing games uh i think they i think they smoked no it was three it was early they went up early three nothing Last game against Tampa Bay. So that's why I thought they smoked them. But 4-2 against Tampa Bay. I don't think they're playing until... They play the Senators today. So the the Penguins are also coming on. Coming off of a back-to-back against the... Coming and facing against the Leafs. But that's going to be a good test to see... How well this, this team rebounds against uh, after the eight-day break that they've they've had so first game i'm not too too concerned honestly it's detroit they've had a lot of struggles this year um in terms of their i'm gonna look up some numbers some advanced statist statistics uh so Detroit right now is sitting at. I can't even find them. I'm blind. Damn it. Yeah, eighth worst Corsi 4 in the league, 48.21. Fenwick at 47.48. Even their shots, they're just getting outshot by opponents, getting outchanced by opponents. Um. Yeah, just not much is going right. Well, when you look at it this way, on the ice, not much is going off, uh, right for the wings, but off the ice and in front office, it's going exactly according to plan. And I mean, Goose Nyquist is a pretty good player. I've liked him in Detroit. He's has a couple stale years, I'll call it. Years where he hasn't lived up to what I thought he would. But he's in the midst of a pretty damn good season right now. And... I think they could get a good haul for him. But for now, the Leafs got to play against him. So, yeah. Detroit, pretty easy matchup. Then tomorrow, Pittsburgh. Both teams are coming in with similar circumstances. I know Pittsburgh came off. They they aren't. They weren't on that big, long uh, break that the Leafs were coming in. But they are coming off of that back-to-back as well. And, I mean, we've seen it this year where just both teams offense have gone silent uh, and I'm talking about that 3-0 game I just did not see enough out of the lease in that one and then when the lease absolutely shanked them in Pittsburgh too what was it 6 or 7-1 so it'll be interesting to see if both teams can finally show up in the same game and play well against each other Detroit this I mean sorry Pittsburgh this year has been up and down. Uh, I believe that they have recovered from that shaky start that they had. They are in a good playoffs. They're in a good playoff position right now. They're three points back of the Isles for first place. Imagine, imagine predicting yourself to say that at fifty games into the season. Jesus, what happened to the Islanders? Damn it. We we'll won't talk about that again. But yeah, the Penguins um the Crosby and Malkins pretty much but a couple other players on the team obviously are performing pretty well this year and one of them I believe just signed a nice little ticket and that being Jake Gensel uh Phil Kessel, Phil the Thrill is obviously they're going to do science experiments on him when he passes away to see just... How the hell is this guy so athletic? Just up off the couch and jumps up, what? 30... What was this vertical? I heard it was like a 35 or something stupid like that. Damn. Then Chris Letang, healthy this year. Playing awesome. I think Hornfist is injured. I can't remember. But he's meh. And then just a bunch of supporting members. Derek Broussard this year has been terrible. Uh, like terrible, horrible, awful. But... Um, obviously, a lot of firepower on the Penguins um, in Crosby, Malkin, Castle, Gensel, Latang, but not a, a ton of depth. So I, I could see, and sporadically, sporadically we'll call it goaltending. I mean, you're not going to get you have we haven't seen Matt Murray play awesome night in and night out for the what the past two seasons. I mean, this year, his numbers have rebounded. But his past five games haven't been terrific. I mean, played well last night against Tampa Bay, clearly it looks like. But then six goals, two goals. uh, Goals against. Six goals, two, four, four, one, zero. And then two, one, two. He was on that little hot streak there. So it'll be quite interesting to see. Uh, Obviously, memory, I'm going to assume, is starting against the Leafs because... Uh, they play, the Pens play Ottawa the night before, but it'll be, it'll be a good, it should be a good one. Hopefully it'll be a good one. Finally, hopefully the, the scale has balanced out and we'll get one good one between the Pens and the, and the Leafs, but uh, just looking at the Penguins numbers right now, pretty much they are outchancing they outchance their opponents by a small it's by a small margin but they are getting more scoring chances than their opponents. They are shooting getting more shots on nets than uh, about equal in terms of shots on net and Fenwick and Corsi. So they're they're a meddling team in terms of statistics team statistics that they've put up so far this year, but you can never discredit the fact that they have just five or, sorry, they have three super talented offensive players, and then Latang Gensel, who are also who can also make you pay if you're sleeping. Right so one note, one thing to note for those two games moving in, I don't expect a whole ton from Jake Muzzin. When a defenseman's moving from to a new team. I mean, it's it's a there's a lot of different things to adjust. I mean, personal life he's got some things to adjust. Uh, fam, new, he's a he's gonna be be a father pretty soon as well. That's kind of a big distraction. Um, in terms of also moving all the way from LA to Toronto, uh, he's got to adjust to the team's systems. He's got to adjust to he's got to build up some chemistry with his uh, with his D partner there as well. He's got to kind of assimilate or become accustomed to uh, playing on the Toronto Maple Leafs so I mean I do give him a good grace period I don't expect a whole ton from him right away and I mean for anyone that speculates that he is going to be moved to that right side it's very good that he is starting where he is most comfortable on that left side especially considering that he's got all these different things to adjust to so i don't expect a whole ton from jake muzzin this weekend um especially in the the stats column because he's i think on second power play may not be on any power plays but i mean yeah should be a solid weekend and then anaheim on monday and as many people know anaheim has a two six and two coming into The All-Star break. Hopefully, Gibson is still down on his confidence after that just shellacking where he had one assist and two saves in that game. I I forget who it was against, but who cares? But Anaheim, yeah. I don't know what's going on with them right now. Apparently, they're not going to fire Randy Carlisle. This team, ever since he got there, maybe even before that, just they... The amount that they get outshot is banana lands I mean, when you look at it, where they rank right now, they have the third worst Fenwick Four in the league. So they're getting just completely blasted in shots night in and night out. And even scoring chances. The scoring chances, they're getting outchanced by such a big margin, too. High, defi- uh, high danger chances and. Uh, Corsi for high danger goals for just hasn't been but John Gibson has helped helped to hold this entire operation together so it'll be interesting to see if that break was good for Anaheim and how well they bounce back from it but I can see the the Leafs really taking advantage of um a struggling Ducks team and just the way that the the nature of how this team plays how like heavy they kind of are I can see the Leafs taking advantage of them and it doesn't hurt that it is at Scotiabank place that game so obviously I'm going to predict a 3-0 little run here but Saturday's game i I do see that as being a real tough one. And if that's not a wake-up game coming off of the break, then hopefully Monday is. So, Detroit tonight, Pittsburgh Saturday, Anaheim Monday. Six points. Here we go. Have a great day.